Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello everyone, welcome to Out of the Drying Pen, a Pokemon the Series podcast, where each week we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime, and whatever else comes to our minds. And also, just a quick reminder, we are an E for explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my other host, Austin. I saw, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're sorry? We'll, we'll explain later. Okay, okay. Now let's introduce our other co-host, Alex. <laughs> I'm equally curious to know what you're sorry about, Austin. <laughs> I okay. think you got to go ahead and let it yep. go, Austin. Uh, I just checked, because I was posting on Twitter, our most recently posted episode, which is episode 27, The Kennel for Kids. The what now? And I, The Kennel for Kids is the title of the podcast episode. Oh, and I realized, oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, there's a huge audio error. With the, for, for the first like minute or so, there's like music blaring at top volume and you can't hear anything. So I went back and I pulled that episode off and I re-uploaded it with the correction and it says re-upload in all caps for now. So apologi- apologies to the 18 downloaders of that episode who had to deal with that crap. It's been fixed now. Mate, that's up from 15 though. That's true. Hey. And I take full responsibility for that, for not paying enough attention when I was uploading it. But I also blame Jacob and Alex because they're supposed to be proofing these before they go live. We have no quality control here. We just do whatever. We just hope and pray and just throw it <laughs> onto it the is. internet. That's and right. yep. If it's good, it's good. If it's not, oh well. <laughs> that's a, I think that's the winning mentality right there. If it's good, it's good. If it's not, meh. Well, we do have a couple unlistenable episodes, as have been previously mentioned many times. <laughs> we still pushed it out. We're like a, we're like a big video game company. The game's garbage. Push it out. This is a hobby project. I feel like that we need a disclaimer. You know, this is just three people who enjoy the Pokemon anime. We do this in our spare time. We're not a professional production by any means. We try our best, and I think yes, I think it's. Like I've said before, I've said this many times, it's part of the charm. If it's not, if there's no audio issues, where's the fun? We're not the office ladies. No, we're not. (laughs) I'm sitting on the floor using a pillow as a cushion, putting my mic on a footstool. So that tells you what kind of quality we got coming here. Well, I'm sitting at my home office at my desk with my spinning rolly chair. So I don't even own a house. Oh God, is that your toilet paper roll of money back there too Austin <laughs> I wish is it like the ghosts of money I used to have <laughs> that's right <laughs> ghosts of the money past professional setup of all of us I'm here on my bed with a bunch of pillows trying to like keep the microphone steady and everything else so I, I like how this is the most professional setup when I look around the room I spy with my little eye a Marvel versus Capcom arcade cabinet uh, the the beautiful painting Bold and Brash by Squidward Tentacles. I got um, various Funko Pops and... Ooh, look, I got a lava lamp. I got a virtual boy. Okay, I'm sorry. What about Very this? professional. What about this is, like, not a super awesome, like, office slash game room setup situation? I feel yeah. like... 
Yeah, I feel like I'm just bragging. <laughs> this is like a humble brag thing we got going on here. Like, oh my God, look at this. I got all this stuff. You're I have complaining nothing in here. about it. You're like, oh my God, I have this arcade game thing and I've got like cool art on the wall. And ugh, I just. Don't you know, know it's bad too. Before that, he was like, I have no money. I just yeah, can't oh afford anything. This is, what, this is where the money goes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jacob and I are like, on the floor or on our beds with like pillows trying to like you know finagle a situation here like i'm getting hemorrhoids by the second and you're over there in your nice comfy chair you have an actual chair meanwhile we're like on the ground like i don't want to hear my it. point okay my point was supposed to be wow this is a very unprofessional home office setup with all my crazy nerdy shit everywhere but it became geez i got some awesome shit you have an office with a chair. That's leagues away better than what we're working with here. Yeah, so. and, and you can't blame us for that last episode either. If you expect the people who sit on the floor and record and use their bed pillows to record to do quality control, you've got, you got, <laughs> you got another thing coming. You've got too high of an expectation for us. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> do, do you all like how I have it set up so that when I do Zoom calls from this chair at this desk, you can't see any crazy shit behind me? You just see like a closet door and... Yeah. Like, that's it? You strategically positioned yourself so, to where you can't see your, like, game room aspect of it. Bold and brash. Where's he at? There he is. More like belongs Ooh. in the trash. Not really. It was free. You know, maybe we can enlist, like, Leslie's help to be our quality control person. She's very detail-oriented. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, I know. So... <laughs> We talked about this yesterday. We were trying to enlist Leslie onto the podcast to like be a contributor, but maybe if she would like more of an, you know, behind the scenes type thing and wants to be involved, she can be our QA person. Just maybe a she could take over the editing. Just a thought. <laughs> I, could see, I could see that. Oh, that'd be going, help, help, help. Austin, be real. <laughs> that's you'd what I'd never, be shouting too. You'd never relinquish control of the editing duties. Are you trying to imply I'm a control freak? Because no. you'd be correct. I'm trying Second to imply. Episode. Well, I'm trying to imply that you always have a plan, and we, Jacob and I, always rely on you to tell us what we're, our direction, like, <laughs> stage direction, audio direction, all that. We're like the part-timers you had to hire just because you had to hire people. <laughs> well, I'm gi- I'm giving y'all zero dollars an hour, the so interns. that gives you an idea. Worth it. We're just here for the experience. Exactly. Experience points. There you go. So how was everyone's week? <laughs> yep. Oh, you move on to our next segment, Austin. You done getting bashed for how much awesome stuff you have, and that's why my name is Austin. Well, I was right. gonna awesome say, Austin. if anybody listening wants to sponsor us and and help us be a more professional outfit, then we're open to that. Yeah, thing. I need a chair. Yeah, I need a chair also. <laughs> <laughs> anybody want to donate a chair to our cause? That'd be great. Maybe a desk or two. Yeah, it could be a couple pieces of plywood. I would like to reiterate that Jacob is the only homeowner currently. Hey, I didn't say anything was in the home. <laughs> I didn't say anything was in the home. Just... It's a three-bedroom, two-story with a basement. Well, it's actually a four-bedroom, but... Where's the fourth okay. bedroom? Down below. Where? Oh, in the basement? Mm-hmm. Okay. Your man cave. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, the man cave. It could technically be a bedroom, I guess. If you would like to explore Jacob's Man Cave, oh feel free to give us money on Patreon. Well, for the, we have to read our th- goal of $1,000 for me to reveal my Man Cave. 
that's not that much. You need to be upscaling that. <laughs> I just want to be able to get a chair and a desk. I think that'd be $1,000. <laughs> that's what I'm basing it off of. I'm telling you, they got the $30 desk at Target. Those things will fall apart with, like, a gust of wind. I mean, a good, solid desk. Like, even a good one at Ikea, which I've been looking into, is almost $200. So, yeah, I need something that, like, my doll could run into and it just not totally be totally destroyed. Because he runs into everything. I don't know if he's... What's wrong with I know you said your dog, but I heard my doll, and I was <laughs> terrified for a moment. Oh, well, that too. When I wind it up and let it go, ain't no telling where it's going to happen. You just got to inflate it first. Is that... Are we done talking about our setup? Jacob, how's your week? <laughs> Alrighty. You ready to move on to the week talk segment, Austin? Where we spell it W-E-A-K because we don't have much to say? You want me to start well, We all have the same event happen. Yeah, I was about to say how you guys want to approach this, because we all did the same big thing i guess does anyone have any well, like did you do anything unrelated to that before we all get into that particular event or that's a yeah uh no not let me think no i'm still playing that game i was playing last week but i'm getting a little bored of it the play game because i guess halloween's over and now i'm done with halloween being scared oh yeah did you manage to like win that game or can yeah. you win or what what's the situation you can win i beat it on normal so what does winning entail does it what is it wiping out the entire like planet or what wiping out the planet yeah dang okay Mm-hmm. and it kind of goes through what exactly would happen if something did like this did happen I feel like nothing would happen of any consequence because every time you watch like on like the history channel or some sort of like educational channel they're like okay if people just up and disappeared one day nature would just reclaim everything and the world would keep spinning and everything would be okay so so what about the nuclear meltdowns that would happen what are you talking about like the nuclear reactors yeah like they like unmonitored wouldn't they like cause catastrophic events I don't know enough no about maintaining them. nuclear reactors to know what would happen. Yeah, is that hmm. true, or did I make that up? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Would there not be, like, a fail-safe measure? Like, if nobody was manning them, maybe they would shut themselves down? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to Google this now. What would happen if all humans vanished? I don't know. Let's find out. What would be the next animal? Like, we're apex predators, obviously. Okay. okay. What would be... Who would be... Like, who's second? Who's next in line to take the throne if humans were Okay, gone? let's think about it. What's the smartest animal? The whales? You think the whales... But the whales can't come on land, though. What are they... Are they just playing the long game and waiting for, like, climate change to kill all the land? They're gonna reemerge. <laughs> They're gonna take back over. Do you think the whales push Pangea apart to make us, like... <laughs> More they didn't exist back then. <laughs> Some type of whale just <laughs> dispersed Pangea, and that's how we are now. No, so just there were no whales back then. No, no. Do you? Okay, here's an article that I've found that says something to the effect of like, what would happen if we all disappeared? To your point, glitches in oil refineries and nuclear plants would go unchecked, likely resulting in massive fires, nuclear explosions, and devastating nuclear fallout. Hmm. So it's glitches. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, because nobody's maintaining it. Similarly, we would leave behind mountains of waste, which would likely persist for thousands of years. Petroleum waste spills that seeped into grounds at industrial sites would be broken down and reused by microbes. 
So what you're telling me is roaches. Roaches are like the second tier animal <sighs> species. Yeah, probably. I hate them. Yeah, godly. Of course, of course, they would take over. Infrastructure collapses. Pavements would crack. <laughs> is, that, is that literally on there? Pavement yeah, it says, would crack. It says, Water running underground in cities would corrode the metal structures that hold up the streets above subterranean transport systems and whole avenues would collapse, transforming suddenly into mid-city rivers. Winter time, a successive winter times without humans to do de-icing, pavements would crack, so a bunch of like plants would grow in there. Hmm. I don't know, a lot of new habitats, but also like terrible destruction because of fires and stuff. The roaches will be fine. Yeah, the roaches would be living I think mostly things would work themselves out. On a long enough time scale. Yeah. I don't know. This is a pretty long article, but I don't know. It would take a long time, but I think it would be okay. Nature finds a way. That's what it says. So, wait. Wouldn't it just be like, if there's humans wiped out, wouldn't our ape cousins eventually achieve our level of intelligence? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the... Apes or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caesar would come <laughs> along. James Franco yeah, exactly. would be there. Yeah. Well, to, oh I mean, that's a good point. I feel like somebody would rise up to take our spot and, like, you know, our niche in the ecosystem. So eventually something would evolve to be the most intelligent species. Apes would probably be a good guess. Hmm. It would, yeah, it would be whoever's the smartest, right? Well, we don't know. Humans are the only species to achieve this ever that we know of oh this is a terrible thing here i i clicked on another article and it said oh this is all the terrible stuff that the other article didn't talk about within 10 days this is very specific within 10 days pets and farm animals will die due to starvation and dehydration then a few weeks later the adorable small dog breeds will no longer exist as packs of bigger dogs will hunt them down and take them out (laughs) oh my god oh my god Is that the same author? Or no, one thing, this a different is a perspective different article. On it? Okay, yeah, different one guy. Article. <laughs> That's so specific. I never would have thought about what happened to the dogs. Oh, yeah, it's true. Too. Or the pets, like cats. Oh, oh all the satellites in Earth's orbit will crash into planet Earth. I don't think that would be a huge deal. They'd probably burn up before they got here. All the Eiffel Tower and like all the metal structures would collapse. The only thing left after 10,000 years will be stone construction. And that's it, apparently. It's the one the wolf couldn't blow down. Oh my god, all the dogs. There was like three points about dogs, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Someone was very focused on the dogs. What would happen to your little Bichon Frise if you suddenly disappeared? <laughs> There's a nuclear meltdown, but what about the dogs? <laughs> we need the dogs. They don't mention cats at all. Like, what would happen to the cats? This author's obviously biased. I think the cats would be better off than the dogs, to be honest. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that's mm. interesting. Okay, enough so that about that. that was our week, 10,000 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> On that conclusion, that was my week. <laughs> what, you witnessed what an at the entire destruction yep. of the human race yep. and what would happen. Okay. And now we're back here. As you can tell, everybody, these episodes this week aren't that entertaining. <laughs> so we got to find some other stuff to fill the void. <laughs> Last oh. week's podcast was our shortest episode yet. Really? I think so, yeah. I can see it. That's Okay. They don't all need to be like two hours or whatever. Austin, what did you do this week? We went to an apple orchard. Oh, yeah. We can go and talk about that if everyone's cool with it. We went the week after they stopped having apples. So we mostly just 
looked at animals without anyone there in attendance. So we just kind of had free reign of the place. <laughs> it was very weird. Like I was, I think I told either Alex or you, I was like, I feel like everywhere we go, we're at a place we're not supposed to be. It did really feel like that. It felt like we weren't supposed to be there, but there wasn't like any, we didn't jump any fences. We didn't go into any place where it said no trespassing. It was just, nobody was there. So we went down this awesome slide. That was a fun slide we went down. The slide was scary. It was pretty fast. Yeah, and you got a nice butt stain to show for it. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you about that. (laughs) So last night we got back from the orchard, you know, Leslie took a whole bunch of pictures and she's scrolling through her phone and then she gets to that picture. She forgot she took that picture of you. Oh, no. What the heck is this? (laughs) (laughs) She's oh, yeah, it was Austin's butt. I forgot he told me to take a picture of it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Did she delete it? Yeah. No, she put it on Facebook. No, she doesn't. I know she doesn't put shit on Facebook. <laughs> I know better than that. You're lucky there wasn't like some wild animal hiding in the the dark slide, like which wasn't even really a slide. It was just a plastic like tube, like a construction tube that was like set up to be a slide or something. There could have been like a snake or something in there, curled up. You don't know. I feel like there'd be spiders, maybe wild creatures. It was pretty steep. It was steep. I don't think anything could claw up there. No, and you could see all the way through it. There was all kinds of wandering creatures on that farm. Oh my god, Alex was traumatized by a farm dog that we saw. You don't know, and it wasn't just a farm dog. It was a... With a limp. <laughs> the poor thing was limping. Okay. It was probably like 12 years old. No, okay, this is my perspective. From somebody who... And to be fair, Austin and Jacob both have dogs. They grew up with dogs. I, on the other hand, did not grow up with dogs. But I, we're, we're standing there wandering around, like, the farm with all the farm animals, like the cute little pigs and the, and the goats and the turkeys and stuff. I'm like, oh, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, out of the corner of our eye, here comes this, like, dog. And it's, like, limping very weirdly up to us along this, like, dirt road and i'm like well i don't know any animal that's like limping either it's old or it's sick or maybe there's something wrong with it it was a very suspicious dog and then it kind of looked crazy in the eyes but maybe it was because it was sick this dog could not have been no. more friendly and like less threatening you're painting this dog in a bad light it was like something out of a horror movie to me it was just meandering threateningly up the path and you guys are like, you're projecting. Oh, no, you guys are like, oh my god, look at that dog. But you don't know; it could have been dangerous or something. I feel like I was the only one with a normal response. Like, hmm, let's keep our distance and see what this dog's gonna do. We didn't harass the dog. We just let it d- do what it did, which is walk past us without really doing anything. Okay, another thing. To be fair, I I know two people in my immediate family who were mauled by dogs as younger kids and teenager age. So I am naturally wary of dogs. So you never know. The dog could be friendly one moment and then be ripping your arm off in the next moment. I'm an apex predator. I was ready. Okay. And plus we had my dog there too. You know my dog's going to protect us. Bowser's going to protect us. (laughs) The one that runs at the side of the dog with a limp. He was standing there holding his little like avocado chew toy he was not about to protect anybody okay if my dog walked up with the avocado toy in his mouth would you be scared of him alex no you never met him so you never met him no i wouldn't okay because he had he has a cute little squeaky toy in his mouth 
Plus, Bowser doesn't look like... I don't know. That other dog had a weird look on in its face. Like, Bowser's just really cute, and he's got, like, a crinkly nose, and he's really cute. He doesn't look threatening. This other dog, though... This is just cracking me up, because um, the two different perspectives we had for this one dog is just insane to me. <laughs> well, Alex, I think the thing is, you may not be as aware of dogs' body language. That could be So, like, if that dog had had been threatened by us or was about to snap at us, we... Like we would be able to tell. Would we? Um, yes. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they like suddenly lunge or j- go crazy for no apparent reason. Yeah. So you but admit th- the unpredictability <laughs> of the dog. It could happen. You don't know. Yeah, but I, but it didn't seem like that was going to be the case, and it wasn't. There's usually like a like before what Austin's talking about. There's like a little second there that you can tell. Well, not in a second, but they like get really stiff in the body, and like maybe some hair frails up. But this dog was just moseying along. If anything, he was more annoyed by us than we were of him. I'm glad you guys are be- dog behavioralists and you can break this we're down not. for me. <laughs> anyway, I, I was I was um, cautious of the dog. What about the goats? The cute little baby goats that saw us. We had like a we had like a crazy like Noah's Ark moment there for a second, where all of the animals all noticed us all at the same time. They all came up to us in a wave they thought we had food and we didn't i felt really bad this you know they stood around though after we they realized maybe they just liked us i like to think they liked us and it's mainly austin who uh they seem to gravitate towards for some reason it's because i was leaning over the fence so they thought i was gonna feed them and you also kept doing that hand motion like you were throwing food out to confuse them i did not do that (laughs) (laughs) i mean the goats were cute they had a little goat gang, like the one, the little black one was the leader, and then there was like the little brown one, and they were really cute, and they like were jumping up on the log, like goats do, I guess, because they like to jump on stuff. They were very interested in Bowser, because he looked like a big goat to them, I don't know. It, that was very odd, an odd petting zoo kind of setup. It had like pigs, goats, ducks, peacocks, beagles, boars, a little calf, was and it like, a I think there's zoo? one sheep. It said a working farm, and I don't know what that means exactly. That gate was wide open, and the chickens were flying out of it. They had chickens there, too, and they were flying out of the pen every now and then, too. Interesting setup, this place. There was also a little cat. That was cute. It jumped on Christina. It was very fun. Now, were you afraid of the cat? No. It was a very friendly cat. It jumped right up on her lap. It was so cute. And also, it was like five pounds, so how can you be afraid of like a little tiny kitten? See, I've had worse experience with cats than dogs. Like, I've had... Cats are just mean to me. Like, I've had a cat, like, purr up against me, be nice to me, and just, for no reason, just claw, start clawing me and spitting and hissing for no reason. I never had a dog do that to me. I guess we have differing opinions, whether you're in the cat camp or the dog camp. Yes, let us know in the comments if you're a cat or dog person, and then we'll put a poll out there on the Twitter, Austin Will, and let us know. Are you a Growlithe person or a Vulpix person? Vulpix is a fox. Whatever. Meowth person. They're the they're the counterparts though. In Gen One, they're the two counterparts. Like Growlithe's more dog, Vulpix is kind of more cat. So that's why I cho- chose that example. True, anyway, this true. is riveting stuff. We know. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> is it, yeah. The most exciting thing we saw some animals, and that was they were fun to be around. This is life at thirty. Yeah. Well, it is we sad that we, we're poor planners because we 
you know, erroneously thought that there was still going to be apples, which is why we went there in the first place and there wasn't. So that was stupid of us, but maybe next year. There's always next year. That is true. We'll go before the end of Halloween. I want to do a damn hedge maze or a corn maze. That's what I want to do. I know one. Good. I want to go. It's only about uh, probably an hour away. All right. Let's do it. All right. That's how you get murdered. You get murdered in the corn maze. We had a very long discussion, Jacob and I, about who if we were in a slasher movie, who would get killed in what way and when and what order. I'm changing my outlook now. The, the suggestion we had about Alex, I think... I'm honestly thinking she would be a dog. (laughs) Oh my god! You know what? I wasn't privy to this conversation. How can you guys just arbitrarily just decide that I'm gonna die first? It's not fair. No, 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 I think don't die first. We never said you would die first. Who dies first? We had you, uh, one of our other friends. It'd be like one we didn't know was gone until like halfway through because they're off doing something else. Well, that's not a very good friend of you to not even notice that the, another friend is missing. That's how literally all these movies work. You don't They don't know the first few slash murders. I'm changing my view. I think initially, Austin, you want to explain Alex's role in our movie setup? Okay, so at one point, Alex was going to be the first death that we notice. Because we <laughs> notice something was wrong, and Alex goes off on her own, and she hears, like, a thump, thump, thump in, like, the attic or something. I would so never she... investigate on my own, but please continue. Well, I guess the rest of us are distracted with something. I don't know what's going on. And so you're by yourself, and you're, like, you open up the dark room, and you're, like, hello, is someone there? And it's, like, thump, 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 and you're, like... Is someone here? Is that a person? Oh my and- gosh. <laughs> and so inevitably you get attacked and you scream and then it doesn't matter because you die. get killed. Yeah. Why is it? Okay. I feel like we've known each other for so long. I don't think I would. What ever gave you the impression that I would go investigate the scary thing? Because I've seen you in scary situations. Where? When have we been in a scary situation? <laughs> oh God. Let me think. Um. I can't even think of an example. See, you're just making stuff up. Well, we've never been in a horror movie before. Good <laughs> we've never thing. been in a horror movie. I'm kind of thinking now she might live with how cautiously she's talking about approaching <laughs> stuff like the slide and the dog. Yeah, I didn't partake in any of that. You guys well, were Maybe like, the rest of us go investigate and we leave you behind and then you get killed. Probably. That's exactly it. That's how it probably more happened. Like we Something happened outside the house and then actually was like, I'm going to stay here. And yeah, then, we all ran and went to go look at it. Yeah. So, Jacob, is that the alternative you're proposing? Yeah, I think that'd be better. From what okay. we've learned so far, I don't think the investigation part of her character would fit in. I think it'd be more of like, I'm going to lay back and then the death happens. So, Alex, when you should be running, you don't because you're too cautious. There you go. Cautious is like curiosity or caution. Being cautious kills you. Yeah, probably. Killed the cat. I'll just, I'll, staying put kills me because I can't win. I can't go investigate the thing because I'll die. But also, I can't stay put, you know, and hide because I'll also get killed inexplicably. So, welcome to Slashers. That's all right. I know if we ever have like a zombie apocalypse or something, I'm just going to go lay down in the middle of the street and let the zombies take me because there's no way I could survive. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next theme. The next, next thing we got to write, Austin, the zombie apocalypse who would live and how they would die. See, I'm not too familiar with zombie movies. I'm not a big fan, but I need I haven't seen most of the good ones, so I need to get around to that. Just watch Next Halloween. Dawn of the Dead. I think that'd be good. Uh, I, the original? No, not the original. The new one. The remake. I'll watch the original and the remake. There you go. That's what I do. 
you know, and then Austin would be killed like a surprise death at the end. I'm thinking specifically I turn a corner and I come back around the corner and there's a meat cleaver in my forehead and I fall over. Your last words are like, right. I think that Austin, it'd be more likely that Austin's revealed as the killer like Matthew Lilliard in Scream at the end where he's the killer the whole time. Like, <laughs> Austin's pretending the whole movie be like, oh my God, so-and-so's dead. What are we going to do? And then people keep mysteriously dying and somehow Austin like vanishes and comes back at like, you know, That's right. yep. the he's right the one that time. tells you to, to stay behind Alex. Yeah, I want you stay like, here and wait for us. Just stay here. We're going to go investigate. <laughs> and then he sneaks back around and stabs me in the back. Like then at the end, he takes off the mask and be like, it was me <laughs> the whole time. That's what I thought. All right. Well, fucking thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment because you know why? You're so good at, like, playing the part and, like, you know, manipulating everybody around you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, yep. I'm okay. such a good manipulator. I'm go sorry, on, that doesn't you. sound better when I say it out loud, but it was supposed to be a call. You're just so deceptive and two-faced, nobody yeah. would ever recognize that you are the killer, so. <laughs> no, he's go. so friendly and he's got a good aura because I think we've talked about before, like, Austin, like, the children and animals love Austin, so he'd be the last person that you would expect to be the killer, but he uses that to his advantage to lure people in. You're just mad because I killed you in in the the scenario where you're wandering around in the dark. No, I'm mad because yesterday we were also discussing with Christina about (laughs) about how Austin has never drunkenly texted that he loves me when he did drunkenly text Christina that he loves her, and I was very offended. Only slightly offended. Because we've known each other mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> I'm going to start sending drunk texts to Jacob. Yeah, I'll take it. I could use a pick-me-up at midnight every now and then. You could. We got to yeah. make that. Hey. That was no, our adventure. <laughs> that was our adventures. <laughs> we're wackos, okay? We're yeah, just, we are. We're wackadoos. I think we're just trying to avoid the inevitable. All right, let's get to it. Okay, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> All right, this week we have the two episodes we're talking about. You can tell we're also enthused. Is uh, No, Jacob, we are enthused. We are we enthused. Are. We got the Blastoise episode. We got the Misty episode. We got this. We got it. That's right. I need a, I need a drunk text, Austin. Text me. Okay, we hold have... on. <laughs> I'm going to send you a dick pic. Hold on. Okay, I need it. Flaccid, please. I, I mean, I could if you want it. Oh, my God. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Beach... Blank out Blastoise is our first episode, and then we have Misty Mermaid is the second one. And both these are really thrilling and fun, exciting episodes. And I have the randomizer here. Oh boy. And Alex, you are in charge of the 30 second summary challenges, followed by myself. (laughs) No, no. Myself taking the Blastoise episode, then Austin, you end us off with uh, Misty Mermaid. Good, I get the better one. Yeah, you did get the way better one. Alex, you always overreact every time. It doesn't matter which episode it is or whether you're doing the summary or the 30 so second summary. Because it's so much pressure and you guys always are like, oh my god, that was horrible. Blah, at the end. <laughs> oh <my> so, 
<laughs> yeah, we're gonna go through all the episodes that have been released. We're gonna go and count the times we go. That was so horrible, Alex. You're so bad at this. You know what? And this time I didn't cheat or anything because sometimes some episodes I'll write like a little summary for myself to prepare. But these two, I was like, eh, what are the odds? I'm not gonna get them 30 seconds. Oh, I do that all the time. One out of three are the odds. I know. I was betting, and I I played myself. So okay, this is just gonna be what it's gonna be. So. All right, I'm going to do this, the countdown, because Jacob has way too much time. <laughs> he does. Jacob's fair. He's nice. Three, I 30 two, to 35 seconds. one, go. Okay, in this episode, the twerps are trying to get off the island. They're trying to run and catch the ferry, but Ash bumps into a war turtle along the way. They miss the boat because the war turtle is panicking, and he's like, come and help me. So they go to the turtle island where the Blastoise and all the squirtles and everything are sleeping. They find out that the Jigglypuff has lodged itself in Blastoise's cannon. They put him to sleep. Team Rocket attacks. They try to steal the Blastoise, but they end up saving the day after Jigglypuff gets blasted out of the cannon and ends up in Team Rocket, and they drown in the ocean. Time. And that's the end. <laughs> okay, how was that? Yay! That was such a great 30-second awesome. summary. Oh my god, so amazing. I need like 30 seconds to recover from the greatness. You're welcome. Was that a better reaction? Yes. Alrighty, awesome. Alright, so let's go ahead and dive in here. You did a great job explaining it, Alex. I'll reiterate that. A great job. So like Alex said, the twerps here, we're trying to leave Cinnabar Island. We're trying to catch the last boat out of here. But then all of a sudden, we see a war turtle come up to us, and Ash is like, hey, what the shell is going on? <laughs> Not say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make this as fun as I can. So I'm going for it here. And so, Ash sends out his Squirtle to try to translate from the War Turtle about what's going on. And then we see War Turtle explains and that there we understand there's a problem. And we know there's a problem because we see Squirtle break out the shades. We have cool Squirtle back in the picture. Are you guys pro-shade or anti-shade on the Squirtle? I'm pro-Squirtle Squad shades. Yeah. It gives them a little personality. I mean, we know that he only whips out the glasses for the sole purpose of distinguishing him from the several <laughs> hundred other Squirtles that were on the beach, but they're cool. But it's better than putting a fucking Band-Aid on Bulbasaur's That's forehead. True. That is a lot better. At least this is something we've seen in the past before. I was thinking about that. I'm like, clearly this is just so we know which one is like Ash's Squirtle in the crowd, but I was thinking of the, the Band-Aid. It, yeah. And this is also clearly filler, also, because we've had a Venusaur, we've had a Charizard, and this is just kind of like a thrown-in Blastoise episode to recognize that he, too, is one of the main three. So, Yeah, the Venusaur-Ivysaur episode was a lot weirder, but I think it was also a lot more entertaining than this one. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Easily, easily. Well, anyway, we donned the shades, and now we're heading out with our the twerps on a boat, and we see three Pokemon we haven't seen in a long time. We see... We see Starmie. Goldeen. Goldeen. That's the Star one I was thinking you, of. Goldeen. Wasn't it? And Staryu. Was it Staryu? Yeah, I think so. And we also see Horsey, which isn't helping with the boat, but is being held in Misty's arms. Wait, is it? Is she holding Horsey in her arms? Yeah. Oh, I totally missed it. I have a... I... Go on. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, the whole premise of this was like they're trying to get off this island and catch the ferry, which, to be fair... I'm assuming it's much farther than, like, a boat could take them. You know, you have to have the ferry. But I felt bad for the Pokemon because they, like, tied them to this boat and, like, forced them to, like, I don't know, like, mush, like, sled dogs or, like, just, 
okay, take us to the island now. Felt bad for them. Well, Keith wasn't there to give them a boat, so. Oh, yeah. They had to make their own boats. Jacob, I can't believe you didn't notice. This is the third time they've stolen a boat. I was, yeah, yeah, that is true. Because someone says, there's a boat over there, smash cut, they're in the boat. Like, Oh, I thought he just said, I thought Ash just goes, we need a boat. <laughs> just stops them peeling off of the boat. Yeah, and then they they inexplicably have a boat. Like, this is, They're doing this all the time, just stealing boats. That's what they do. So we have these Pokemon tied to this boat, and behind us, we see Team Rocket approaching us in a large Gyarados. And we've seen this before, this device that they have somehow been able to acquire. And so they're just following along, checking things out. But then our group lands on the island, and then they see a whole bunch of shells just scattered about with no Pokemon inhabiting them, or it seems like it. And once again, Ash flops out of his boat and throws out the pun, what the shell is going on? (laughs) That's just, like I said, got to keep it entertaining. I could see four kids doing that. If they could get away with it, I'm sure they would. There's a there's a lot of puns and and Jacob's just making up his own instead yep, instead of <laughs> using the source material. <laughs> I'm rewriting it as I speak, so okay. That's just how I like to approach it. Our fan fiction episode is in three weeks, I believe. Oh my god! Oh, what the sh- what the shell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be a real entertainer. It will, it will be. But apparently, the Pokemon on the island aren't entertained because they are asleep, all of them. And this prompts Ash and. Who is Ash? And I think Pikachu approach shells. I think when they approach Blastoise. And they touch it, and then all of a sudden, they fall asleep. And then this leads to Brock and Misty beating the hell out of them to wake them up, and Pikachu shocking everybody, I guess. Does he shock them in response to being hit, or does this later on, like, is he prompted to shock them? I can't necessarily remember. I can't remember. All I remember is, I don't think they'd beat the hell out of Ash, or the shell out of Ash. Because if I remember correctly, Brock just, like, lightly slaps his cheek, like, wake up wake up and then he turns to misty and he's like it's hopeless he won't wake up yeah what happened was <laughs> Ash, it was ash and squirtle that fell asleep and then misty brock and pikachu are awake and then misty tells pikachu to shock the heck out of everyone and wake them up which somehow works so that's what i thought we were gonna, I thought we were gonna go really dark and when they fell asleep i thought like brock and misty were just gonna throw them in the ocean thinking the water would wake them up Oh my god, and then he drowned? <laughs> it's like, oh no. And then we get Gengar coming back, and it's like a ghost, an Ash ghost episode. You have a very weird idea of how these episodes are going to go. I'm sleep deprived. Oh my Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Okay, there was a really, before we move on, there was a really cute moment where Ash, when he first runs up to Blastoise, and he's like hugging it, and like nuzzling it with its cheek, and he's like, Blastoise! I'm so excited to finally meet you. I've waited such a long time. <laughs> and then I was thinking, is that because his first choice was Squirtle? Like, if he had a choice to pick the starters from Oak, didn't his first one was Squirtle, right? Yes. Right. Oh, but he that's already a has point, a Squirtle. Alex. Maybe that's why, because secretly Squirtle and Blastoise are his favorites. So he's mad. Is he mad that his Squirtle never evolves? Well, spoiler alert. But maybe. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why it never evolves. Turtle shit. You know, okay. Hey. Side note, why this is a good point because we we have Charizard, which is the fully evolved. How come it wasn't like, you know, a Smash Brothers situation where you've got the base form of one, the second form of another, and then the third form of the third one? So like Charizard would be the final evolution, then either Squirtle or Bulbasaur could have evolved to be 
their secondary form and then so we'd have like one of each you know what i mean mm -hmm. why mm -hmm. did that not happen we could have had war turtle or ivysaur blastoise is in smash not as a playable character but as like a side item i thought yeah he's a pokeball pokemon i think at okay some point squirtle is a playable character what Pokemon does the trainer send out? Like, if you play as Pokemon trainer... Charizard, Ivysaur, Squirtle. Yeah, so then, okay, why didn't that happen? I think Bulbasaur would make a great Ivysaur, to be honest. And I kind of think Squirtle's best as a Squirtle. Yeah, so... For, for these particular characters, these ones that we know. Well, they're both staunchly against evolving, Squirtle and Bulbasaur. Squirtle just never evolves. He never has any desire to do so, I guess. Neither does yeah. Bulbasaur for some reason. Bulbasaur actively ob objects to it. Yeah, for no reason whatsoever. Then his girlfriend evolves into a Venusaur. Oh, yeah. Is that Maze? Yep. Oh, okay. I think they just want to keep him cute. Because this episode is definitely more a lot money. better from the... Yeah, more money. This episode is definitely better from the perspective of a Squirtle than if it was a Wartortle or a Blastoise. Like this, They couldn't do this episode if... Squirtle had evolved to Blastoise. And what would we be without this episode? Exactly. Yeah. Where would we be Where without would it? Be? We wouldn't be talking about it, that's for sure. I know. Oh, goodness. All right, we can get back on track here. So, what is it? Okay, so Ash and them are asleep, but they think they hear something coming from Blastoise's shell. And this prompts them to do Operation Wake Up, which Ash coins is, I thought it was like, okay, that's pretty cool. That, that would be something like a military would call this. But before that, Misty attempts to leave randomly, but Ash says, no, you got to stay. And for some reason, Misty agrees to stay. <laughs> I was with team, team Misty at this point, and I was like, hey, we can leave. I think this problem seems to be solving itself. But nonetheless, we stick around, and then we see Team Rocket wandering about, and they're eavesdropping him, trying to understand how they could sleep, steal the sleeping Pokemon. And I guess they're just planning it out. But then we go to Brock, who recounts the history of the island, and this is where this episode does not make any sense to me oh my whatsoever, God. <laughs> and this is where the episode completely <laughs> lost me. And this is where I see that the Pokemon universe is literally just messing with these kids, thinking that they're finding special things when they're not special at all. I want to know, okay, the whole, the whole time we've had a translation problem, like Ash can't understand, they can't understand what is being said somehow because like at the beginning squirtle has to come out to translate because even pikachu can't understand the war turtle so then somehow we get this like scene cut and like transition to brock sitting around with like an easel where he's like drawn pictures and like illustrations of the scenario so far but how are they able to like understand what they were telling them like if we've had a translation problem this whole time how were they able to understand the squirtle's dilemma i have two theories please tell us okay just to clarify for the audience brock is telling us a storybook picture tale of how this blastoise sleeping situation came to be in the first place yes and my first theory is brock has shown the ability to like magically have knowledge he couldn't possibly have any <laughs> access to such as that mm -hmm. time they were in the information superhighway and brock knew where to go he just makes uh, shit up yeah, yeah. so brock just can i think he can like see the script see what's going to be written for him and he just knows what to say without any prompting does he have the script behind his eyelids and that's why his eyes are always closed? <laughs> that's every right guards. there. It's just like a teleprompter scrolling down. Yeah. It just, re it just rewinds it. It's like, we're going here. Let me get us there. Oh, 
my god. He's great for transition. He's the ultimate transition character I think I've ever seen. He's the ultimate exposition character. Exposition, yeah. There you go. My other theory is, I was reminded of that time they went to Erica's gym and we watched the story of the sad Almanite on the exact same, like, easel picture book thing. Do y'all remember that? No. Oh my god. Re- you didn't really listen to the episode. I because, so. do you not remember Erica sits all these, like, grown people down and they, like, listen to the tale of the sad Almanite oh, or her, whatever. At her oh, school. yes, yes, at yeah. her school. And so I think Brock, during his time at Erica's school, has picked up the ability to become a, a Pokemon storyteller with these illustrations. He is a breeder. He's got to be able to, like, understand and empathize with the Pokemon. Yep. Those are my theories. My my big thing is, with this, with Brock's telling the story, he kind of hypes it up that this island's never been seen before. And this is like a, the, this is like the first time humans have been on that island and made contact with this island. This island's like two miles off the coast, and I don't if care that. if it's yeah, if that it's not. And he's like he tried to cover it up by saying it's not on the map, but I just don't think they found anything special here, and that's when I lost it. I was like, this is nothing special. I, I, he's lying to y'all that y'all were the first people here. Maybe that's Brock being older. Well, people have searched for the turtle Pokemon's breeding grounds for years, Jacob. I know. Gosh, it's like that mysterious garden that has spores leading to it that anyone can follow, but no one's ever seen it. Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon, it's because Ash and friends are special. And they always get to do stuff that other people haven't done. The island's never there unless they're there. I get it. I get what's going on now. Good for them. But after Brock's great telling, we learn that Brock is also a doctor, and he goes oh to check God. on he goes to check on Blastoise here and has his little EKG thing and his little stethoscope, and he's trying to find out what's wrong with Blastoise. And he notices this is that... foreshadowing, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> this is foreshadowing. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. And we learn that, and through his extensive search, I mean, Brock learns that, like, Blastoise's pipes on his back are clogged. And Brock pours Drano down them. He pours Oh, my bleach. God. No, he he, he has, like, this large plunger he starts plunging one with. And that seems to, like, entertain Blastoise, and he likes it, but it doesn't solve the problem of something oh being watched in there. <laughs> And <laughs> through the plunging, it is revealed that there is actually a pink ball stuck in Blastoise's pipes. And this turns out to actually be Jigglypuff of all surprises. I, for one, was shocked. Oh my gosh, I thought we were done with Jigglypuff. But guess what? We're not. He's still here. And we see Jigglypuff halfway out. Or Blastoise is still constipated with the Jigglypuff, but he's, he's enough emerged that where he can sing. And everyone on the island falls asleep. I have a question real quick. About the plunger? About this whole situation. Like, when they're discovering that something is clogging up Blastoise's pipe cannon thing, they realize, Brock and Misty at one point realize exactly what is happening because they physically recoil in disgust and they're like, oh no, is that what I think it is? But they don't say anything. They don't say oh my god, it's Jigglypuff, or oh my god, we need to run away or kill it or something. I don't know. They just let this happen. Because where are they going to run? There's nothing but water. They can just take their boat back to where they came from. <laughs> Leave Ash. Everybody there. Ash is the one who wants to, like, stick his nose in everybody else's business. Like, Misty, like you said before, <laughs> Misty's like, Ash, let's go. You know, this is not our issue. We've got to just get out of here. She had intuition, right? And then... 
Ash is like, no, we can't leave until we solve the problem. I think he literally says that. Like, we can't leave until we fix whatever's happening. It's that hero complex. That yeah, he, he just needs to butt out and mind his own business. Like, But then again, Rock and Misty don't warn us to the danger. So I partially blame them. Yes, they didn't warn us. Jigglypuff was the object that was stuck. And after many attempts using, like I said, Drano and a plunger, Jigglypuff starts singing. Everyone falls asleep, of course. And then this prompts probably the funniest scene of the episode for me with the Meowth fishing pole. So Team Rockets sees them all fall asleep. They tie Meowth around a fishing pole and throw him onto shore to where he's trying to steal as many shell Pokemon as he can. But what happens next? He falls asleep or something like that. He falls asleep mm-hmm. because the Jigglypuff starts singing and they start mm-hmm. reeling him in and he starts hitting every single Wartortle shell on his way out. And I just <laughs> I found that to be hysterical because of course that would happen to Meowth. Why well, wouldn't it happen to Meowth? And then after that failed attempt with Meowth, the Team Rocket has a Gyarados grabber, which I don't know why they didn't use this initially if they were just going for Blastoise, how they expected Meowth to grab Blastoise. We'll never know, but the grabber does indeed grab uh, Blastoise, and this is what wakes everyone up. That wakes everyone up because the Jigglypuff is gone, right? Then it just wake up spontaneously. Because at this point, Jigglypuff's not singing. I think but... they just wake up randomly. Like they they take Blastoise and then they wake up naturally because yeah, Jigglypuff is gone. What little plot there was was like okay, Twerp was trying to wake up. Yeah, but it's like in the nick of time, right, to see Blastoise being carried off. You know? No, so they like don't. The re- they don't see it. It's gone. They don't? Yeah. It's completely gone? They okay. See, they see it's like trail that it's left in the sand from being like pulled along. And then somehow Brock is able to deduce from just seeing like his shell trail thing. Oh my God, Blastoise has been kidnapped. Not that it like dragged itself, you know, along to just like go to the <laughs> ocean. Oh, but- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brock and, with his exposition. You're yeah. right. You're right. I misremember that part a little bit because after that, we see that Blastoise has actually been caught by Team Rocket. And then they start arguing in their submarine about who gets to keep it. Like who actually deserves Blastoise. And there's many great arguments made. I'm pretty sure we're going to pull some of our quotes from the exchange between Jesse, Meowth, and James. But then to their surprise, Jigglypuff is still trapped and Blastoise begins to sing. And then Team Rocket falls asleep in their submarine. As this thing continues to fall to the bottom of the ocean. But before that, I'm going to look at this real quick. So you remember when, during the exchange, heated exchange, was it Jesse or James kicks me out, right? James does. James kicks him, right? And he hits the side of the submarine. And then it immediately starts leaking. Yeah, it's not very good construction quality because... All it takes is Meowth just, like, bumping up against it to spring several leaks in the side of it. And then they start falling asleep and in the water, and then they're, like, drowning in there because they're sleeping. Yeah, that's what I didn't get. It was, like, the, the the focus wasn't on the leaking submarine still, though. It was more about who gets Blastoise. As you can see, Team Rocket has their priorities in line. And then, from what I remember, the... Um, Squirtle go after and actually save Team Rocket, right? Ashton's all the War Turtles and Pokemon. Squirtle's down. And these are some super Squirtle and War Turtles here. They are able to lift this two-ton submarine from the bottom of the ocean and push it all the way to the surface. I like to think it's not actually that heavy because yeah. it's, like, <laughs> made with, like, the cheapest metal in the world. It's, like, thi- it's like thin as, like, a pencil tip. <laughs> it could be. 
they move it around by using like little bike pedals to <laughs> cross the ocean with. I think so. I think you're right. I think it's just as like sturdy as a sardine can. So you it's guys think a it's a giant like, can? You guys think it's just cardboard and they're just wheeling it around? I think it's like cheap aluminum. Cheap aluminum, <laughs> like Coke cans. They just took recycled yeah. cans and bashed them on the side. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. And they have like the damn like periscope contraption there. Like that thing's so ridiculous. It's like taped. You can see it like taped. Maybe that would be great. I'm really looking forward to when they're in the Magikarp sub for an extended period of time. Yep. <laughs> I think it's way more charming than the balloon. It is. I think so too. All right, let's uh, let's go and wrap this episode up here. With uh, the Gyarados obviously emerges after the Squirtles and War Turtles bring it to the surface, and Blastoise sees the wakes up and sees the Gyarados, and it's able to blast it off. It uses water cannons and blasts it off to wherever Team Rocket goes whenever they blast off. But then luckily we see Jigglypuff emerge from the wreckage safe safely because he's the only one that we cared about, and we're so looking forward to seeing him again. And I think that pretty much wraps us up for this episode. Unless anyone else has anything they'd like to add. Austin looks concerned. No, I'm not concerned. I'm just bored of this episode. Yeah, it's a fun-filled episode. No, 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 it is. I try to do the best I can with it. These episodes are really hit and miss sometimes. And like I said, I think this episode was there for obvious reasons of we needed a Blastoise episode. It sure took long enough. It sure, yeah, it did. That's what I was thinking, too. It's about time. I wonder what the difference in episodes between the Venusaur one and this one is. Like, number difference. Venusaur was, like, what, ten episodes ago? Yeah. Maybe. maybe no, more. maybe less than that. I thought it'd be more. We no longer know math. Yeah, time no doesn't exist. Yeah, we can, it's ten, ten plus, ten Well, to be fair, our recording schedule has been thrown off a little bit. So, obviously, we record these in advance. So, time is irrelevant here. That's true. It's all time's just a made up concept. That's all it is. Yeah, Man-made. exactly. Speaking of time and daylight savings time and all that garbage. <laughs> so. I love the twerps. They're like, we gotta save Jigglypuff, even though they always run in terror from Jigglypuff every time they see it. And also the fact that they're like, well, Team Rocket can die. I blame Ash totally, one hundred percent, because he's the one who told Squirtle to go get it and left Team Rocket. They're like, go save Jigglypuff. Like, why? Why not just let it die? Yeah, it got itself in. It's it's its own fault. It's here. You know, why do we have to be the heroes? I want to know how it was able to breathe in that cannon contraption. It was face down in there. It was the mic. The mic le- allowed it to breathe? Yeah. I'm going to cut Jacob's mic. Hold on. <laughs> Maybe it can breathe through its ears. Because, like, one of its ears was, like, sticking out. So, who knows? I don't know how it got in there. But that's another question we'll for the day. We'll never know. Curious Jigglypuff. All right, you guys ready for the MVP and LVP in our quotes for the episode? Yes, please. please. This is where we give our quote that had the most impact and our most valuable player and our least valuable player. And remember the rules, no repeats. And I have the randomizer has spoken, and it's Alex, Austin, and then me. Good luck to everybody <laughs> for this episode. Okay, uh, let's see. All right, I'll start with the MVP and LVP first. I'm going to give LVP, obviously, to Jigglypuff, which is obvious because it's just so terrible and nobody likes it. And it causes destruction and mayhem everywhere it goes. Causes people to drown, possibly die, wipes out whole colonies of Blastoise (laughs) and Squirtle. I mean... It's the plague. Presumably, if the twerps hadn't come along... 
they would have kept sleeping for all eternity and eventually like die of starvation in their sleep so that's why i have to give it lvp but no more Jigglypuff also. So there could no, have Jigglypuff a... would have lived. It would have oh, lived. So? It would have lived. And then probably eaten the corpses of the Squirtles. Oh, my God. Go to the <laughs> island. There's just all these empty shells. And... Oh this rabid God. Jigglypuff. It's a demon. It's a demon Pokemon. That's what's going on when Jigglypuff's not in the episode. Oh, my God. Carnage. I'll be okay never seeing it again. But unfortunately, we haven't got there yet. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, they came back recently. I know. That's why it's a disappointment because it's back again. So um, MVP, oh, this is difficult. I'm going to I guess I'll give it to Misty because she was the only one who was like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she had some woman's intuition, but of course, Ash and Brock ignored her pleas to leave. So she knew what was up. She tried to escape, but they wouldn't let her. Let's see, my favorite quote from the episode. Okay, when it's the part where they rescue Team Rocket from drowning, and they're on the beach, and they're trying to resuscitate Team Rocket, and they wake up, and Jesse says, I don't remember asking you to save our lives. And James says, well, I'm grateful. And then Jesse responds to him, and she says, there are mortal enemies. How dare you be grateful they saved your life? <laughs> I just like to highlight that Alex took every single one of mine for that. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's the that's the beauty and the curse the beauty, of the yep. challenge. So yep. makes you think uh, on your feet. Challenge accepted. I believe All in right. you. Um, my MVP is gonna be Squirtle for his leadership abilities. Hooray! He took charge in during the situation, and good for him. And he had this cool shade to distinguish him from the other Squirtles. Yes. Uh, my LVP is going to be Brock for a whole list of reasons. <laughs> um, what did he do that I, was so bad? Many, many, many things. Okay. I had like so many notes on Brock in this specific episode, but I decided he was my LVP when Squirtle was being the leader of the Turtles and Squirtle, or, and Brock's response was to say, maybe they're only listening to Squirtle because of the sunglasses. And I was like, Brock, you shut the fuck up. Let Squirtle have his moment. <laughs> God damn, bro. Calm. Well, maybe the Squirtles are a very simple creature, and that's all they need to be motivated is just a cool Squirtle in sunglasses to tell them what to do. Well, you know what? Squirtle got up there on that little stage, and he, like, uh, you know, gave them a good talking to, and he had leadership qualities. He directed them and put their capabilities to their... <laughs> Sorry, I need to shut up. Uh, Squirtle was doing a good job. Squirtle was doing a good job. Credit and Brock where credit's needs to... due. I'm sorry, Brock, that you don't have leadership skills. His skills lie with his exposition ability. That's literally all he contributes. Which is better than nothing, so... Um, I also have a whole list of Brock quotes that I really hated, <laughs> but I'm going to leave those for Jacob. No, I don't, I don't have a Brock quote if you want to take some more. Oh, excellent. Okay, these are not my quotes. These are just examples for why Brock is the LVP. Oh my god. You have a whole extensive list? <laughs> he hates Brock. I can't blame him. Dang, okay. Okay, quote, hey, Jigglypuff's a real Pocasso. Quote, Blastoise is the bomb. How are these bad? These are good. These are bad. <laughs> I hate Brock in this episode. Oh. Alright, here's my actual quote. Is Dexter is describing War Turtle, and it, and he says, its long furry tail is a symbol of its age and wisdom. And Ash says, it doesn't look very smart. <laughs> that was uncalled for and rude of Ash, I think. Yeah. 
he's the one that smashed into war turtle in the first place this poor thing is just trying to like help its family mm-hmm true true all right let me see what i can ponder up here i'm gonna go with my quote first and this comes from Meowth, and I thought it was a pretty funny pun. Oh. It's when they're, when they're pedaling towards the island in their cardboard submarine. Meowth says, my paws need a pause. I didn't notice that and one. I was like, oh, good for you, Meowth. That's pretty clever. Oh, that's not the Meowth quote I thought you were going to pick. Oh, which one did you think? Um, at the very end, when they're trying to capture the Blastoise, and they've transformed their Gyarados submarine into the Gyarados land tank, and... They're barreling down the beach, and all the Squirtles and War Turtles are trying to stop them, and they won't stop. Because somehow it's really flimsy in the water, but then becomes, like, a behemoth on the beach, and, like, they can't stop it with, like, their water guns or whatever. And Misty's like, they won't stop. And Meowth says, of course we won't. Why should we stop when we're having such a Blastoise? Oh. That's what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. That was maybe a little bit better. But anyway, no, I'll move on. Yeah, that's the one that stood out to you, and so there's yeah. no wrong answers in the quote section. These trick questions we keep giving ourselves. I'm going to go with my MVP as the war turtle who was able to escape, escape the island. Mm. I think that's pretty cool. I think he deserves more praise. And then I'll give my LVP to Ash because this is all <laughs> his fault. Because he wouldn't leave. Because he wouldn't leave. And also, if we go back to the beginning of the episode, like Alex mentioned earlier, they are running towards the last boat to get off the island. If Ash was more responsible and understood the gym schedule, we wouldn't be in this situation and he'd be able to get off safely. But nonetheless, we didn't. And that is why Ash is my LVP because he was the root of the problem. You know, that's a good point about Ash and the War Turtle. That fits together really well because Ash is over there insulting it, but you just mentioned how smart War Turtle was because it's the only one that escaped from this, like, hellscape island. So it has to be smart in order to do that. Yeah, what the shell, Ash. Yeah. I had to fit in one more time. Is that the name of this episode podcast? (laughs) What the shell? Yeah. What the shell? I think we found our episode title. We did. And there are some more puns coming up in this next episode. (laughs) Which is a Misty Mermaid. And that 30-second summary is going to be brought to you by Alex. Okay, wait. I just need a second to just refresh myself really quick with my notes. I need a breather after we just got through that Squirtle episode. Uh, that was A, a breather always through. makes for scintillating podcast listenership. Well, is breathing ASMR? Like, is there a certain way you can breathe to make it ASMR? <sighs> That's a sigh. Sorry. I don't yeah. know how to do anything but that. Okay, we'll just give this the, our best shot here. Here's a 30-second video of a squirtle eating watermelon. You sound like Gollum having, like, phlegm in his throat. What? Like, when he does that coughing thing, he's like, Gollum, Gollum, or whatever. You sound like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just say my precious over and over again. My precious. Are you ready, Alex? No, but we're going to try. Alrighty. Do you want to keep time, Austin, or me? I'm on it. I'm giving Alex more time. I'm good. Stalling, stalling, we're stalling, gonna go. stalling, no guarantee stalling, that stalling, 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 stalling. Three, two, one, go. Okay, in this episode, Horsey is sick, so they decide to take Horsey to Cerulean Gym so it can swim around and get exercise. They go back to the gym where Misty's sisters tell her that they need her to surprise do this show that they're doing um, the very next day and that she has to rehearse because if she doesn't, the gym will fail and she'll put her sisters out onto the street. Um, they do the Misty Mermaid show. 
Um, Misty's having a really great time until Team Rocket interrupts the show and everybody thinks, oh my god, it's part of the act. And they try to capture the Pokemon, but they battle Team Rocket underwater and time. win. So, yes. That was so great. I know. What about you, Austin? You oh, my god. Like, oh my god. I'm... I gotta unplug my mic. You guys are such mic. a-holes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. goodness. I will say this episode put me in a bad mood right from the get-go. So. Why is that? Because we're making progress here. We're going forward. No. We're going forward. We're getting there. That and makes then you all of a sudden mad? it's like, let's all go right. back, you know? So start us oh, off, Austin. Because, co-sign. Yeah. Co-sign on that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we start our episode off on a geography confusion moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's ex- put it better. Um, there's a lot of, like, teleporting across the Kanto region happening in this episode. Because we've apparently gotten on the ferry, and we've traveled, apparently, directly to Viridian City. And we're just outside of it. And then Misty gets her phone call from her sisters. Uh, or rather, Misty calls her sisters because Horsey is on the brink of death. Horsey is suffering from what I like to call not appearing in the episode's itis, <laughs> where because it's been stuck in its Pokeball for 20, 30 episodes at a time, it's just going to die at any it's, moment. It's I can't arthritic. imagine why. It's arthritic, yeah. it's decrepit, it's awful. It just looks sad. Maybe it's just sad because it regrets leaving the tentacool, tentacruel Port of Vista Beach, and it, <laughs> and it just wants to go back home. I don't know. Um, the sisters, the sensational sisters are like, yeah, come on home. Um, they all decide it's a brilliant idea to go from Viridian to Cerulean because it's just right over there, which is not true, but we're going to go with it, apparently. <laughs> How far is it, Austin? Um, you got to go through the Viridian Forest, then Pewter City, then Route 3, then Mount Moon, then Route 4, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so we're talking like... In our, a, with the a tourists, we're talking about like a year's worth of <laughs> a year's journey. That well, maybe thing. they just took a shortcut and like you know used HM one cut and slashed their way through some small trees, and then they got there. Maybe so. Wait, that, isn't there actually a pathway that you can avoid all that? And maybe. Wait, well, hold on. So. I need to look at my map I, of Kanto. That, that would make me feel so much better because I was like, okay, we literally just took a year's journey in a day. There is why didn't a we way. Do, why did we do this from the beginning? There is a way. Don't you go down, like, if you go through the gate or whatever, you give the guy some tea or something and you can, like, get through. Or is it the Diglett Tunnel? I can't remember. There's it's one Diglett of them. Tunnel. Or no, it, maybe it's not. I don't know. Wait, maybe, maybe Diglett Tunnel. I think Diglett Tunnel spits you out at Route 2. And then you can go downhill to Viridian City. Maybe. I don't remember still the have to map go through of Kanto. We're bad fans. We're bad fans. We don't remember the geography of a very no. simple Game Boy game. No, no, this is all the episode's fault. They shouldn't throw this mischief on us. They should just yeah. Like they should yeah. tell. Did you we see need the exposition. map? Did you look at the map? I have a map God, here. We, we need Dora. Okay, they're at Viridian City. If they go through the Diglett Cave, they can get to Vermilion City. Then they just have to walk through Saffron, and then oh wait, no. No, I'm wrong. Yes, yes. They walk through Saffron, and then they can get to Cerulean. Isn't there, like, an underground passageway where you can go under Saffron Isn't, from south to north? Is that the underground tunnel? No, I thought it was, like, no. a, like a little, like, human-made passage. Shit, I don't know. Oh, like, my God. Who like, cares? Like, in the, in the mountain? You go on a ladder, and there's a hole you can go through? You push the truck and there's a mew underneath it. And we're clowns. We don't even know the basic layout of the fucking Kanto region. Okay. Satellites are falling. 
Oh my god. Nobody's gonna take us seriously after this episode. We just ruined any credibility we had. Yeah, that's what ruined the credibility. Yeah, exactly. Because we couldn't tell where the hell Cerulean City was in relation to Viridian god. City. God, we don't use the maps. We don't have quality control. Okay. <sighs> All we know is that Viridian City and Cerulean City are not next to each other, so this doesn't make any sense. Got it. Well, they got there somehow, okay? Within a few hours, at least. Well, no, the sisters say, God, you took forever, and they had enough time to place posters and TV ads oh, and you're radio right. ads. So maybe it did take um, them a long time. Maybe, I guess it took them a long time because Verdian City and Cerulean City are not that close. God, then it makes perfect all this, sense. All so this the for sisters, a big pool. Just for yeah, a big pool. <laughs> the Sensational Sisters put together an entire underwater ballet. Um, like the choreography and everything, they prepared everything to go. They had an entire advertising campaign that's a huge success and it's a blowout and all the tickets are pre-sold out for weeks in advance and and they're just so mad at Misty because she took so fucking long. Marketing's were, not cheap. Maybe, maybe the twerps were doing what we were just doing and they were just looking at the map being like, okay, how do we get there? Well, this isn't the first time that they've had trouble reading the map. They've gotten lost several times, so maybe it shouldn't take them as long as it did end up taking them, but that's because Brock and nobody knows how to read a map, so they got lost in the woods. At least we did look, we should all be grateful that we didn't have filler episodes in between of them lost in the woods. Oh, okay. so, yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Count Looking your at... blessings, okay? Good lord. I would just like to reflect on the fact that if we were the twerps transversing the Kanto region, we would be just as hopelessly lost as they are all yeah. the time, we as evidenced by what we just discussed. We figured it out. We got it. We can, How many okay. trainers die the in the woods on their way around? Well, when Melanie captures them with her rickety bridges. Exactly. They die of exposure to the elements. I mean, there's so many things we probably don't know about. Poison, eating the wrong berries. I don't tell yeah. them. Yeah. Anyway, we skipped about 10 episodes worth of the twerps eating poison berries in the woods <laughs> to arrive in Cerulean City where... Uh, Misty is going to be the star of the underwater ballet. They don't exactly explain why this is the case, but it is nonetheless. Well, she's surprised by it. She did not know this was the plan. Mm -mm. They were just like, surprise, Misty, you're the headliner of the show. Alex, does this make you angry at it the Sensational Sisters? It makes me very angry at the Sensational Sisters. How did you know? Because I could tell. I'm sorry. I'm interjecting angrily. <laughs> this episode Please made everybody do. angry. It Please just made interject. Bad. Okay, I'm going to take over real quick because <laughs> I was upset about this. And I know I've discussed, I think, was it when we did the novels and everything? and Or maybe it was before. I know we've talked about them. It's all three. It's the first time we're in Cerulean, the gym. It's the novels. And then we're back here and there's more, more going on. So they <laughs> are abusive to Misty, okay? And I feel very strongly for Misty that she has this terrible family because as she's explained in the past, you know, her parents were neglectful. All she's ever had was like hand-me-downs and broken things. Her sisters have always been favored. Um, she, the sisters have like tormented her and teased her her whole life. She's only 10 years old, but she has this complex because she's not as beautiful as her sisters. She's the, like the, literally the redheaded like stepchild of the whole family and they just treat her like shit. And it's completely evidenced by the fact that they say at one point, well, Daisy cries 
to her. And she's like, if you don't help us, Misty, we'll lose the gym and we'll just be out on the streets and all this other stuff. You have to for the sake of your hometown and the gym. And you wouldn't leave us out to die on the streets, would you, Misty? And she's like, okay. And then immediately they jump up and they're like, ha ha, we could always get her to do what we wanted. Right in front of her face. <laughs> right too. in front of her face. Exactly. So they're complete bitches and I hate them. What is the vendetta here between the sister, the younger sister and the older sisters? They're just... I got to think about this. Did Misty ever meet her parents? I think so. Seemingly not. Wait, no, maybe No, I think did? so because didn't she reference them in the princess versus princess and how like her parents never bought her stuff and she always got her sisters? I think she has. Okay. I was trying to think of different theories of what may have spawned this vendetta. Like maybe Misty was the cause of the parents not being there or something. Maybe Misty is the result of an affair. She is redheaded. Maybe she broke up, like, or maybe they blame her because, like, the parents. Ash's dad. Oh my god! Oh no! Misty and Ash are sisters. Oh no! (laughs) No, Misty doesn't have Z's on her uh, cheeks. Oh my god! It was Flint. Oh my god! Ew! Gross. (laughs) Oh god! It was. (laughs) It was Oak. That's a possibility. Anyway. So I hate them, and that's why I had to <laughs> give my spiel of why. I will point out that Violet is apparently always the scriptwriter for these performances, so she's now my favorite of the three for this episode, for that little tidbit of knowledge. Oh, did she really? Yeah, she said she always writes the scripts. Oh, okay, I missed that part. Yep. I'd also like to point out that at no point do we see the Princess Festival dolls, so we were right. The sisters did throw them out. They never, they didn't... <laughs> That's put them great. anywhere. She didn't inquire about them either. She's not like, hey, where's my dolls? Have you been taking good care of them? So. Nope. That would have been a good continuity moment, but nope. This is Pokemon we're talking about. There's no such thing. That's true. Yeah. I think they had like one night to practice or whatever, but it went smooth really well because Misty's now like the expert at being an underwater mermaid performer. It's in her blood. Brock says something along the lines of, it's because she's a water Pokemon trainer. <laughs> that explains why she's able to do this performance so well. That automatically makes you a good swimmer, a good diver. She dove off that diving board in her little mermaid tail without any problem whatsoever. I was really impressed. That was impressive. And it was no She's splash also wearing. Either. Do we think she looks way better with the long hair wig she has on? No? Is that me? Okay. Jacob, any thoughts on this 10-year-old girl and her she's parents? A, I was about to say, she's a child, so no thoughts on this. No. <laughs> okay. The crowd is loving it. There's a huge crowd. Ash and Brock are in the audience. Team Rocket um, is going to interrupt the show because that's what they do. They attack Lily and Violet, who are playing the roles of the villains, and they lock them in a locker. Um, So they go onto stage during the stage show. James is in a tutu, and Jesse is in, like, Shakespearean tights. Um, They crash through the roof with the Meowth balloon, and someone in the audience shouts out, It's an air show, too! (laughs) (laughs) love the people in the audience i'll also point out that it was like families this time we had a more diverse crowd versus the time we went there and it was all like horny men that's what they had to expand their audience because yeah so you know they weren't getting anybody in so we had to diversify like you said yep yes alex i have a question about this whole situation (laughs) so they're doing the show and like team rocket attacks lily and violet yeah lily and violet 
and they shove him in a locker. But somehow Violet is still like narrating the show. How? What? Yeah. It must have been in recording and it was time to go along with the music. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. I'm like, there's no right. way. So they're making Missy. Point... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go on, Jacob. I'm just saying that just proves they're making Missy do a lot of work here because all that stuff was pre-recorded, so it could be edited or whatever. Missy's out there live doing this stuff, you know. Like <laughs> she's got to be, like she got to hit her mark yeah, every like, single time perfect. without fail. It, yeah, it's predetermined to like the T. God, and she had one night to rehearse. Well, I was oh, super Christ. confused because I was like, okay, the recording thing occurred to me after the fact, but I was like, did, so did they sneak up on the sisters and then somehow convince them to let them be in the show? Like, I don't understand. No, they grabbed and bound and gagged I know, them that's and why shoved I was them so, in a locker. That's why I was confused. So it must have been a pre-recorded thing. Yep. Well, we also see Daisy is um, selling tickets at the front desk and we see while the recording is going on of her voice. Daisy's still at the front and being like, oh, that's almost my cue. I should go get ready. I, I'm like, Daisy, you have like a minute to go and get into costume and change and everything. You don't have time. Yeah, how how late are people showing up to the show if she's still out there selling tickets 30 minutes in? You know, at that point, it's kind of like, hey, whoever's here is here. Daisy, go back and get ready. And now Daisy's going to have to like haul ass to go back into the, the behind the stage and like get ready, get an entire outfit change, put her hair up to be the prince probably do her makeup and such too i mean i know it's an underwater show but do they have underwater makeup yeah the laws of time and space don't apply here meanwhile poor misty is out doing her entire one woman show um that she had no time to practice with by herself and her pokemon companions all right so the audience thinks that team rocket is part of the show um ash and brock decide that they're gonna help misty out so they get involved in the show too they all have magical breathing devices that allow them to breathe and talk underwater. This is very Star Wars. Yeah, it's very Star Wars. And it's also very clever, too, like with the clamshell closing and she mm-hmm. grabs a whiff and then she goes up in the cave and gets air. It was very strategically placed. So Yes. I also noticed that the audience really cheered after she did that. After Misty got a big gulp of air and then went back out, when she reemerged, the audience was like, yeah, the Misty Mermaid. They were really excited to see her reemerge from that clamshell or whatever. Oh, my God. Um, we have a typical Team Rocket battle um, situation. Arbok is able to swim underwater without any problems, but Weezing floats to the front top of the surface. So about this real quick. Is it because Arbok is a snake? Like, snakes can swim in the water and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. But Weezing is a ball of gas, so of course he floats up to the top. And I just like yep. to say I am sorry because again, there's yard? yard work, yard work going on outside, <laughs> and so that's unfortunate. But well, just like the Misty Mermaid stage show, we gotta roll with the punches and keep going with it. The show yep. must go on, and so you gotta ad lib and ad lib. <laughs> anyway, just so everybody's aware that that's what that horrible noise is. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to point out a couple of reactions from the audience. Some person in the crowd screams out, do it, Arbok! <laughs> oh my god, they're on <laughs> Team Rocket. Oh, well, I guess they wouldn't know that they're actually They didn't know this part point. of the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I thought that was funny that someone the... was cheering. They're cheering yeah. for the antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> someone just likes Arbok. And I think a same man later says, hey, look, honey, a sea king. Like, a completely unprompted and Seeking's been there the entire time. He's clearly not paying attention. <laughs> oh my god, I love that guy. He's, like, been drinking. Is he drinking. the Chocoline <laughs> guy later on? We're not there yet. Okay, I'll save it. Okay, He's explain Chocoline. There's, like, is it in Advanced Generation? 
It's in Diamond and Diamond Pearl. Diamond and Pearl. Okay. It's when they're doing a contest and like they're on stage and we've got some random like audience members who are going crazy for the performance and they're in a town called Chalkavine Town or something and there's a man in the audience and he screams out, yeah, Chalkavine. And when Austin and I first watched that episode, we lost our minds. We're obviously easily entertained people, but just the fact of like some random guy in the audience that they had, I mean, and also in real life, they had a guy go into the recording booth and say, yeah, Chalkavine. I don't know. It just really tickled us. I always think of that when you hear like the Pokemon make like ridiculous noises, like or whatever, <laughs> that, a, that a human person is doing those noises. And getting paid to do it too. A good point. I always forget that actual real people are doing these voices, but. All right, Jacob, it looked like you had something to add. Do you have anything to say? Oh, no, I was saying that people get paid to do that. I'd say that's, oh, yeah. that's pretty good. I wonder how many recordings you'd have to do for that. So Arbok is kicking ass. Um, they send out Squirtle and I believe a couple of Misty's Pokemon join in and the, and the random Sea King that that one man was excited about is battling. <laughs> They're all like battling Arbok and Arbok is like, even though it's not a water type, it's doing perfectly fine, kicking their all their asses. <laughs> then the seal, our favorite seal friend, the one who keeps the gym badge in its mouth. Jacob is thumbs upping at the seal. Oh, I love seal this episode. Seal comes in and, you know, seals the deal. Seals the deal. Is this the seal that Violet, when we first see Cerulean Jim, and then it gets sucked away yep. in the vacuum, and she's like, come back, seal? And we had, yes. we had a whole moment about that. <laughs> I, I loved, I want to point out, too, that um in previous episodes, I was it uh, foreshadowed this part when I said they always send seal in during the trouble times to seal the deal. So yeah and so seal seals the deal so well in this battle <laughs> that he evolves he transcends his ceiling and he becomes a do gong gong <laughs> i was waiting for that so <laughs> you knew i was gonna do that yes <laughs> do gong gong perfect that sounds natural I think. my favorite do gong moment is in the first movie when everyone's crying because ash has turned to stone and like it cuts to do gong going <laughs> it was a very emotional moment okay don't shame dugong for its raw visceral reaction to watching a death that's how it expresses emotion austin yeah jesus <laughs> all right so <laughs> a dugong gong use seals oh my the deal God. by using his aurora beam which looks really cool because it looks like an actual aurora kind of Hence the name. <laughs> Ash whips out. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. <laughs> you were making fun of Dugong and I had to defend its honor. <laughs> yeah, defend the fictional seal. It's so cute. What did it ever do to you? All right. Ash pulls out Dexter. Apparently Dexter works underwater and is able to like speak through the water. It's an mm-hmm. all-terrain Dexter. Apparently so. So it identifies Dugong. They all blast off Team Rocket. The end. The audience loves it. They're cheering. They're applauding. They're going to be very disappointed when they come back next week and see that the show's not this good. Uh, <laughs> you for- yeah, because you forgot the part where at the end the audience tries to jump in the pool with all of them people, too. 
I do what? Do they? They start. <laughs> yeah, like at the end, they like so excited. They like start unraveling their and throwing stuff off their clothes and stuff. They try to jump in. This did in not no, This happen. is a family. This is a family function, <laughs> no, Jacob. But it's not throw, happening. People are throwing their kids in the pool. From this is not the end of Mama Mia. What are you on about? <laughs> Maybe Jacob's right. Maybe that's the underwater ballet after hours. Oh, God. <laughs> no, there was children in that audience. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> no, that's why it's the after hours show. It's the late night special ballet. I mean, we saw that entirely male audience that one time. Exactly. That's who's going to be at night. Welcome to Dark Water after hours. Yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> what goes on? It's really an after hours. Oh, God. All right, all right, all right. Um, I do gong, 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 gong. So we get to the real point of this episode, which is Misty is now leaving, but Horsey is still feeling like shit. And Brock proposes that Horsey stay at the Cerulean Gym for the rest of all time, seemingly. But out, Brock. I don't know why he felt like oh he had to speak God. up in this Gosh. moment, this, but whatever. This part made me angry, too. Okay, wasn't the, wasn't Brock the one at the beginning of the episode who said, hmm, if only we had an Olympic-sized swimming pool to put Horsey in or something? Yes. He it had this plan from the beginning. Idea. Yeah. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. So he plotted this the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he was sick of Horsey and was like, let's get rid of it. He wanted to just see the Sensational Sisters. That's really all it was. That's, well, he didn't really pay attention to them last time he saw them, so this makes sense. He's making up for lost time. Yep. He's an opportunistic person. So Misty hands over Horsey's Pokeball and... I believe it's Lily says, well, we need your Starmie too. Because somehow they don't have enough Pokemon to do the show, which between all three sisters, I think they would have enough, but she somehow... They seemingly have at least a dozen. Yeah. But that's not, not enough because they need Starmie for some reason. And that's, this is why this is the best episode of the Pokemon anime, because <laughs> we get rid of Starmie. <laughs> why do you hate Starmie so much? <laughs> Well, you can, we've been I, over this. Yeah, he doesn't like it, and Missy didn't like it either. Because how she just hands it over, she's like, "Oh, here you go. I'll miss you." I okay. This is gonna be my quote, but I'll say it now. Misty says, like, and she could not be more enthusiastic, unenthusiastic. She says, "Oh no, not Starmie. Oh, how can I say no? I'm really gonna miss it too." She's That's not exactly, really gonna yeah. miss it. And she like she's chucks the ball yeah. out of her hands. She's throwing the ball. <laughs> Get far rid of as it. Possible. Yep. Maybe it's better for Starmie to be at the gym because I think all the other times she's battled with it, it's gotten like mortally wounded. Like it's gem stones been shattered several times and it's just blinking sadly about to die. Like I think it's better off, honestly. <laughs> yep. So Misty runs away without saying goodbye to Starmie or Horsey, I guess. And the episode's over. I guess we're going back to Viridian City. <sighs> Yep. Much to Jacob's discontent. We're so we're moving forward. We gotta go all the way back. Apparently days right. and weeks back. Uh, anyway. Let's move on to our quotes and our MVP and LVPs. That's this will be a more fun episode to do, I believe. The randomizer has spoken and it will start off with myself, Alex, and then Austin. You're gonna bring up the rear. Alrighty. Oh, my I'll start off with my quote, and this comes from James, you know, a fan favorite. Damn it. I know what you're gonna say. He go, they go out there, and I guess they're all first appear in the show. And James goes, "A Starmie is born." Oh, that ah! isn't what. Oh, that's not what I thought you were gonna say. But that's a good one. That is a shout out to the what is it, Lady Gaga movie, "A Star Is Born." This well, was years in before advance. that. And <laughs> no, there's see, been several versions. Yeah, the Star. Okay, let's hold up. Let's hold up. 
A Star is Born is actually a 1960s or 70s movie. So I think it was actually shout out to that. Hold on. I think there's been four versions. Yeah, there's been a few. Okay. Da, 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 da. Judy Garland was in the 54 version. This is very, very relevant to Pokemon. That's why I'm focusing on this. It all ties in somehow. Yeah. Because it's where they got the quote from, so. Okay, apparently there was a television adaptation in 51. I don't know who was in that. Uh, 76 was Trizan, and 2018 was Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. Yep. Thank you for that fun fact, Austin. I'll now move on to my MVP. And I gotta give it to Seal. (laughs) 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 He was great. Not the not the evolution, but just seal itself for stepping up to the plate when things need to be done. And I'm going, may I use another quote to justify my LVP choice? Yes. Go okay, because we're, we're going back to Brock here as the LVP. <laughs> and immediately on recognition of Team Rocket storming and trying to ruin the play, Brock decides to embrace us with the uh, fact that those three must have some plan to ruin the show. Like, thank you, Brock. Thank you, Brock, for providing that information. Captain Obvious. Yep. Once again, Brock proving to proving his worthiness to the crew. You know Garfield without Garfield? Can we do Pokemon without Brock? <laughs> How about Pokemon that's just Brock? Oh, oh God. <laughs> well, we would learn the entire plot that way, so it's fine. <laughs> I take offense to this because Brock, I think early on, I was like, oh, my God, I love Brock. Brock's my favorite character. And he still continues to be my favorite character. So... Well, I guess you just have to listen to him's lines to yeah. <laughs> understand the show. We would be nowhere without Brock, okay? We would have no context for what's happening. We wouldn't have any <laughs> medical care. The Torps would have died of starvation in the woods. I mean, come on. You have to give him credit, okay? He's 50-50. So is Brock your MVP, Misty? Or Misty. Misty. Alex. <laughs> Misty? All right, Misty, you are next. So if you want to go take the him. Actually, he's not. But, Jacob, were you done? I feel like we cut you off. I just No, I was sure. done. That's all I had. Okay. Bro- Brock's 50-50. If he opens his mouth, he's useless. When he's quiet, he's great. That, oh, jeez. No, I think I think it's just what the writers, on a whim, they're like, okay, who are we going to, like, crap on today? Is it going to be Ash? Is it going to be Brock? Like, they don't have a plan. They just do whatever. Anyway, actually, my MVP is Misty. See, I knew it was going to be. That's why yeah. I called you Misty. <laughs> <laughs> because... Well, I just wrote, I mean, she kind of was crappy at the end because she gave her Pokemon away with, like, no explanation. She didn't even say bye to Horsey, like you pointed out. But I gave her MVP because she was able to hold her breath like a superhuman for a while there before suddenly the respirator things came out. But she was, like, diving around and, like, holding her breath. And I was like, and she naturally adapted to the whole, like, actress thing. I mean, she had, like, one day to prepare and she pulled it off perfectly. So she's got a natural talent. I think she's she doesn't give herself enough credit. An LVP, I bet you all know what they're going to be, and that's the Sensational Sisters. Yeah. This seems familiar. Yeah. I feel like, did I give them MVP before, or LVP for something before? Yes, you have. Yes. Okay, then it's probably an exact repeat of what I said back then, but they sprang this performance on Misty last minute and manipulated her into doing this. It, they didn't even get her consent. They just were like, oh, yeah, I'm surprised. You're the headliner. We just decided that you're going to do this. And then, you know, they were so manipulative. They were, like, boo-hooing and, you know, pulling the guilt trip card. And then several times throughout the episode, they're like, ha-ha, we, di- we can get Missy to do whatever we want. And then I think Daisy at one point says, I can't believe that 
we can trick Misty into doing this. Oh, yeah. She said, I'm like so happy we tricked Misty into doing this. Like that was her quote directly. Um, the quote that I picked is when Meowth and Team Rocket come onto the scene for the first time. This is the one I thought you were going to pick, Jacob. But he says, Meowth says, looks like the real bad guys showed up. And Jesse says, what do you mean bad? Nobody's better at stealing water Pokemon than we are. And James says, and next time we'll steal some men's clothes. Which I do not believe for half a second. No, that was shit, I don't James. either. He was rocking that tutu outfit. So. He seems always, that always seems to be the case for him. And he coordinated with Meowth because I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he was in like a swan tutu and Meowth had a swan on his tail. Oh shit, I didn't notice that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so he you can't say, oh, he just found whatever was lying around and put that on because he coordinated with Meowth. So <laughs> anyway, that's all I had. All Take right, it, Austin. I'll go. Uh, my MVP, since it can't be Misty, is going to be Arbok. Arbok was really putting up a good fight this time, um, and he looked really cool swimming around in that water like that. I agree with the man in the audience who was rooting for Arbok. Arbok was really fangy, too. He had, like, way more teeth than normal. Mm-hmm. He was scary. He was scary. Anyway. My LVP is going to be... Drumroll, please. That was a very intense drum roll, you guys. I don't My have a LVP. hard surface, unlike some people who okay, have hold on, desks. <laughs> My LVP is going to be Starmie for good old times' sake. Oh. oh. Uh, I guess if I had to go- Exactly. It didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, shit. I guess I'll give it LVP for Misty, like, being so excited to get rid of that damn thing and trying her damn best not to let on to it. The fact that she, like, threw it away without a second thought. Bye, Sarmi. Never see you again. Do we not ever? Part, well, no, no, we do, but oh. partly. Thank God. And I already used a lot of quotes, but I'm going to go with one more. And it was really the delivery that sold this to me. It was when the the sisters were going over the plot of their little play. And Brock says, I like that charming prince. Oh. <laughs> oh. And later he got to be that charming prince along with Ash. You didn't say Ash's line directly after that. Yeah, I damn it, I forgot. Ash says, "I like the seal." Oh my god, he's so. Stupid. So that was a that was a Jacob moment for Ash. Yay! Doesn't Misty say something after he's like, she says, "Of course you would," or something like that. Some snark, yeah, some snarky link. Of course. <sighs> Ash, Jesus, love him. Well, we know love how Ash love feels about. Him the Cerulean sisters and that whole situation, if we recall back to the novels, how um, sexist he was. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about that the whole time. But anyway. All right. Does anyone have any more comments or thoughts for that episode? Or would you guys like to wrap it up? Just that thankfully Ash was pretty quiet this episode. He didn't really say much other than <laughs> I like that seal. <laughs> so we're learning that when Ash is quiet, the episodes are better. Possibly. Hmm. God, you guys are ruthless. You're like, if Brock keeps his mouth shut, he's better. If Ash keeps his mouth shut, he's better. If it was just Misty, it'd be a much better show. What can I say? It should be Misty who's in charge. Misty and her sisters. No. Just Just Misty. Just Misty. Okay. Just Misty. Uh, Alex, any closing thoughts before? No, I think I think that the of the two episodes, the Misty one was far and away the more entertaining and there was more stuff happening. So I did appreciate that. What's our next couple episodes going to be, Austin? What do we have to look forward to? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've gotten really bad about this. 
see, we look to you, you know, we, you're our de facto, like... Well, what can I say, Alex? I'm the killer in the horror movie of our lives. I know, exactly. With your deception and everything. Okay, our next episode is Clefairy Tales, and after that is a big one, The Battle of the Badge. Ooh, you said ba- Battle of the what? Battle of the Bulge. Bulge. Oh. Bulge. Nope. <laughs> That's exactly battle what I was going to say. <laughs> I assume it's named after that. Yep. That's a weird thing to reference in a title, but okay. I think we'll reference that, and instead of describing the episode, we'll just describe how that battle took place and losing Ash, the main side. Okay, how about Ash has gotten eight bulges? Ew, eight what? Bulges. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, and I'm that done. Note. Cut my mic. I'm out. <laughs> okay. On that note, we'll, uh, we'll uh, see wrap that this nut. <laughs> we are very mature here. They can fill the, the pool. That's what they fill the pool with. Oh! <laughs> we'll wrap this up for Austin and Bully here. We'd like to say just thank you all for listening, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. That's outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is outofdrawingpan. Again, that's outofdrawingpan. And join us next time as the journey continues on the road to Viridian City. Train.